0: Welcome to the Math MathType Podcast. This is Mike. I pray that you were listening to our last episode. It was the first half of our interview with Kosti Keenan uh, in a series we're calling From the Deck, interviews with people in ministry, simply in Christian life, to hear what the Lord is doing with them, with the issues they're involved with, and with their ministry experience. Some people across the world, some people in their own backyards. So it's meant to inspire you, to encourage you, and to challenge you to serve the lord in unique ways and in special ways from where you're at Uh, so yesterday or or in the last episode we talked with Kosti Keenan we heard a bit of his story uh, some of his youth where he grew up today we're going to conclude his story in this part two of our interview uh, from Bucharest Romania again this was done over the internet uh, and so the Bucharest internet failed us a time or two uh, and cut out but we've edited, edited it together as best as possible. Uh, and again, I believe his story is worth telling. I think it's, it's encouraging. And even with the audio being as it is, uh, I believe you're able to uh, be encouraged and challenged by him. So um, enjoy part two, the final part of the interview with Kosti Keenan from Bucharest, Romania.
1: And make this yes into like a detailed note you know (laughs) and so uh you know of course i wrote the note and this is what i've what i've gone ever since through ever since i met you this is how i feel and i feel like this is a big yes you know to that to that question you know Mm -hmm. and so but things you know things went on they started the process and everything and um and I, like you mentioned before, the, the option back then wasn't as, uh, wasn't as common, especially for an older child, right. you know, and
0: 14, I guess it, 14, 15 around this time. Yeah, 14,
1: 15. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess even today, you know, people don't necessarily go up to a 14 or 15 year old, you sure. know, sure. especially, especially in America here period adoption it's not so common anymore (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) especially with the you know with the orphans Mm -hmm. um and so but it it was just it was a huge process we had a bunch of papers expires and expired in the meantime there was a back a lot of back and forth Mm -hmm. there was no family issues because for sure i was adopted twice abandoned twice actually Mm -hmm. uh six months and then when i was older Mm -hmm. Uh, once again and so there was no family issues it's just the process the paperwork and the requirements and just Mm -hmm. the whole the whole idea of trying to adopt a child and dealing with the social system it's just it was uh, it was a mess Mm -hmm. and so by this time I had turned 18 (laughs) (laughs) Um, and the, the process was not finished but Uh, I think it was about six, seven months down the line when they first started this process that we actually got a legal paperwork saying that they're allowed to take me out of the orphanage Uh into their custody. So they had custody of me, Uh, but it wasn't it wasn't an official adoption process. But they had fully, uh, fully custody of me. So they were able to take me to America and.
0: That was a, and that's okay. a big step
1: and that's a big step <laughs> no. you know they were able to take me to Austria and things like that um just the kind of trips they were doing in europe also um and so but by the time i you know i'm kind of uh I'm jumping mm-hmm. quickly to just to make the story short the, by the time i turn uh I turned eighteen i just we just kind of looked at each other and said. I have been yours, I think, ever since we've met you know <laughs> uh there's no there's no there's no purpose or reason to keep on doing this dilemma or this hassle with the paperwork so let's just leave it at it um I choose to be with you you know if if I need to make that in writing for the government to because at 18, you choose where you want to go. You know? okay. And so, and then so I chose, but then I didn't have to do that because I was there already. I was in their custody already mm-hmm. and stuff. And so, but I officially became, um, not on paper, but I officially became, when I left the orphanage, um, I think I had just turned 14. Um uh, so it was like basically a year after they moved that I was, I was in their house. Yeah. And so, and then it was during that time when I came, yeah, and when I came, when I moved in with them, we moved in they moved in into this house where we are now. Just How to are you a, little,
0: now. Yeah. a little glimpse, you know? <laughs> it's the house and the ministry home, so yeah. Yeah, the house yeah. and the
1: ministry and so, and what a story this house has, you know, I yeah, can go sure. on and on about, about the story oh. about this house. Yeah. So, um, anyways, no, no, but when I... It,
0: when, did, when did you move to America?
1: Okay, so I turned 18 mm-hmm. and and um, that year, we actually went to, the year I turned 18, we went to Austria. I'm just going to uh, give you a quick uh, background before I moved to the States. Okay. Um, I, I went to, we went to Austria for missions conference, and it was there in Austria. It was my second time with them there. It was there in Austria. A couple came up to me and asked me if I'm interested in going into the Bible college in Hungary. Mm-hmm. and i had just finished school i had just graduated and i said yes it's a, it was a perfect move for me especially if i'm gonna build on this relationship with god and on you know learning the bible and things like that mm-hmm. so i made a decision of i made a decision of going to um going to bible college now to go back to go back a little bit doing my time with my parents here my adopted parents here a bunch of these teams that had come in the beginning had started coming back again, mm. and it was the home church of my adoptive parents. So they started coming every summer, every Christmas. We were doing Christmas in Romania for we did that for many years. We were doing uh, summer camps in Romania. We did that for many years. During this time, a beautiful lady started coming, um, yeah. called Elizabeth. Yeah. Uh, um. She was fifteen at the time and I was seventeen at the time. And we got to know each other. And um I thought she was the cutest thing. And I think she thought the same thing of me. I had to
0: <laughs> just have a to, different to, opinion of you, but you know
1: <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> just a little just to put in a little humor in there. I used to although I got per I got better at English, I used the translator to go up to Elizabeth and tell her that i think she's cute so just
2: uh,
1: <laughs> uh and it was doing the mission uh just don't don't do what i did on the mission field <laughs> so if uh, missionaries listen to this do not or short mission trips do not do what i did
0: <laughs> don't look for your spouse on a short-term mission do trip.
1: not look <laughs> do not look for your spouse but it just happened it was first yeah. love you know and yeah. so uh And so, uh, and that was, that story in itself, you know, I can go on, Uh, but we, just a few months later, after she went back, I stayed here, we became, I asked her if she could, if she would like to be my girlfriend through Yahoo Messenger at the time, and uh, we started dating and things like that. And... Um, go back to the college I went to Bible college and the year I went to Bible college that's the year that she went to Bible college but in Marietta and so uh-huh. we both started college we both started college at the same time and um, then our second year she had transferred her studies from Marietta to Hungary um, so we we finished we finished our, our second year of college there by the college there and it was that semester our last semester that we both came home for Christmas and spent Christmas here and got engaged here I'm not gonna tell you years because and, and, and I'm just Rupert telling you in, in words
0: so when you say in, you went home in Bucharest go, so we came home. back okay
1: yeah. yeah so Lizzie instead of going back home uh to America, she came over with me to Bucharest and we spent Christmas together here with my fam- my family. Yeah. And it was during that time that Lizzie and I got engaged um, mm-hmm. here on Christmas Day, six o'clock in the morning, had to do it before all the gifts. Um, in this house. Yeah. Okay.
0: I've Upstairs heard in I've our heard...
1: living room now. <laughs>
0: yeah, your mom and dad were talking uh, about in our that our living room. I calm last. <laughs> yeah yeah Yeah.
1: and so and we got engaged here and um and it wasn't two and a half years later that we um that we actually got married so we got engaged here then we met we went back to to, in Bucharest we went back to Hungary we finished school graduated together Mm -hmm. I came back to Bucharest she went back to the states and we had that long distance relationship, being engaged and, and things. Mm-hmm. And while we were doing that, we started working on paperwork for me to go to the States
2: mm-hmm.
1: to have the wedding there. Yeah. And so because of our situation, uh, not being officially adopted, it was still a little harder for me to go to the States. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we started working on a K-1 visa K K-1 visa the five uh, uh fiancé visa where I would get 90 days in America and within those 90 days I would ha- we would have to get married and so um so we did that and it was just it was a long process so by the time I turned 22 okay 22 22 maybe 21 Maybe it was a a year before. Mm -hmm. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't, it wasn't until I was 21, 22 that I had come to the States. um, My first time Mm -hmm. in the States, because, you know, some of the stories of people adopting kids from here is they had taken the kids to America right away, right away. Mm -hmm. Sure. You know? And so I think out of all the cases that I know of, I'm the only case that I actually stayed back here. <laughs> and so um and God only knew, even looking at it now, God knew the reason, you know. And yeah. so uh anyway, so I went I went um I I went to the States and we had the wedding there. Um and then my whole my whole idea was my whole plan our whole plan was to go back to the states. Mm-hmm. I mean, for for me to go to the states and have the wedding there, and then soon after the wedding that we would come back for ministry here, Buc- and so to Bucharest. Yeah. Um, but that that did not work out. Right. Right. The plans that we had it did not work out, and that's how. That's how we end up doing a little bit of ministry in California. That's how we end up meeting you, Mike, in Mississippi. Yeah. Yeah. That's how we end up, uh, you know, spending a few months in uh, Florida mm-hmm. and then coming back to coming back to California. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I also was involved in Mexico, and uh, so we were really busy. But it was it was a training. I, I want to call it a, a, a training. What do you call it?
0: Your, your um, season. Your season of equipping. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Whatever. Whatever we are doing, we were God was training us. God was preparing us from for what He has for us here. And I want to say I've learned a lot from you, Mike, in Mississippi. Mm. From you. From from uh, from Chris and um, and whoever was, you know, be able to meet
0: <laughs> Heather
1: and Sean and all those, all those people there, you know. Yeah, that and was a
0: great season, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and
1: so, and then I've learned a lot in, in Florida. Mm-hmm. And so the, the circumstances were a bit different. We were pretty much our own, yeah. but God, God only knew. <laughs> yeah. and so, uh, but, and then, you know, going back, going back, to California and being, being involved for quite a few years in the church there and Refuge building up the, the team we have today for um, uh, the same kind of ideal work, ministering to the kids. But we we became, we wanted to be more intentional. We wanted to be more relational. We wanted to be deeper than, than uh, we just, We didn't want to give them all the things they want, all the things they think they deserve, but we wanted to give them uh, a deeper meaning, a life. And it's not what I was getting, it's not what I was getting to do to decide to add the ministry. And so we established this ministry and we were at it. (laughs) We basically just me and a little bit, a little bit Lizzie, but Lizzie had the kids.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Anyways, uh to go back to our our marriage, we got married we got married in two thousand seven and uh in two thousand eight we had our first daughter mm-hmm. uh named Anna Rose, <clears throat> the 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 most beautiful creation that the Lord has made. Um I'm sure every dad will say that about their own kids, so
0: <laughs> probably <laughs> you're a um, on that one, but she is a beautiful young woman. <laughs>
1: Now, now she's a young woman. She's 11 years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, later on, we had Jasmine and we have Elsa. And Jasmine now is 10 years old. And Elsa is six years old. And we've been, we've been in Bucharest, back in Bucharest since 2012. And 2012, uh, yes. Eight years? The summer of the summer of 2012, I think, or the fall, um, going into 2013. And uh, we, you know, we've established this ministry into, since 2016, and we've been ministering to the same group of kids for many, many years. Now some of the kids are older, some of the kids are out of the system. We, we're still uh, very well connected with them, very well Making sure that they're okay, um, we've been able to build on this amazing relationship with mo- the majority of the kids that we're working with, and we're not just working with this with with this voice or finish that I came out of, we're working with four other ones, yeah. so we have about uh, we have about a hundred and fifteen kids um, that we work with throughout the year mm-hmm. and we actually we actually just did a number. Uh, put down a number we work with directly at this time we work with 85 kids on a um, on a monthly basis I want to say because we don't get to see them all in a week mm-hmm. and so and then with that we also working to minister to the staff and yeah. we have about 74 staff that we're we're we we're, um, we're serving or we're working alongside because this is that this is the idea uh, the, the kind of work that we were're hoping to to uh, for people to see you know even people in the orphanages you know we we don't want to start anything new in the life of these kids but we want to add uh, um, a fire yeah into their lives and we want to come alongside the staff we want to come alongside the government we want to we want to inf- empower them and encourage them and even give them a little, a, a little training in how to, how to deal with these kids. You know, we're not just reaching out this, to these kids, but we're reaching out to the staff because we're not there 24 seven. They're there, right? They're there 24 I seven. Mean, you're affecting so, their
0: life by trying to change all of the, the, the different factors in their life. I mean, it's one thing to go and give something to an orphan and bless them in that way. But it's another thing to, impact the different things that affect their life as well because because this is their entire life in that orphanage there So yeah. if you're if you're able to minister to the, the 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 ladies that work in the homes and then you're able to minister to them and allow them to pass that ministry on to the kids you're affecting their life in an indirect way but something that is going to change the lives of the kids uh, throughout their daily lifestyle even when you're not there exactly exactly
1: yeah,
0: so, and <clears throat> tell me the difference right now the, between the orphan system when you grew up in it and how it is today. What are some of the changes that that you've seen there?
1: Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely there are definitely a lot of changes. Okay, mm-hmm. so by the time I came to this particular orphanage, I transitioned out to the to this orphanage. The first orphanage, we would get no visitors whatsoever. So we would get to the point where we're locked down, okay? Mm-hmm. Like you're not able to do anything, almost to the point where you you're, you are in your room all day long doing nothing, you know? And it's the, the, the idea of being rejected. Nobody wants you,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? Nobody cares for you. Nobody, and you're not going to leave this place. You, you're never going to leave this place yeah. again, you know? Well, no hope. And so... <laughs> Right. And so, and that's how, in my generation, it wasn't as bad as the generations before, even doing the communist. I mean, you probably heard stories about kids being tied to their beds or kids being beat up, or about kids being abused, or, you know, um, just like the idea of being at a concentration camp, you know. And it's just that, that horrible things happen to a child just because there were orphans or they're abandoned and um they they're on the idea of they are unlovable you know people looking down at them you know and that that was the same thing with the street kids we i mean this city bucharest was filled with street kids Mm -hmm. you know and people were like trashing them you know and it, it was really bad Mm-hmm. And the difference now is still not as extreme, but you still have that lack of um, that lack of affection. Yeah. You get no affection whatsoever. You mm-hmm. get no proper care whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, as a parent, if a parent drops you, a parent drops you off and leaves you at the hospital it's still that was happening before it still happens today and so yeah. at the moment the moment you're there you are known <laughs> yeah and yeah. so you're still getting through the system and the system is still bad
0: you yeah. know you're but kind of, you're, you're put to the side and, and kind of out of the view of society so that you know society doesn't have to look at that
1: <clears throat> yeah yeah. Yeah. And so you don't know back then you don't know any better. You don't know any other things, you know, so you just go with the flow. You mm-hmm. know, you get beat up, you get beat up.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, you get you get abused, you get abused, you know, and then you come to see that as it's part of life, I guess, you know. But now the difference now is <laughs> which is it breaks my heart because a good number of kids uses this, the things that are happening now is now all the kids, I guess from the eight, nine years old, they know their rights. Okay. Uh, They know what the rights are. uh And so now the difference is they're no longer going to let themselves abused or beat up or whatever, because they cannot be touched no more. They cannot be even yelled at no more. Mm. And so the difference is good number of kids using this to behave bad. Right. To become to become addict to the different things in the world, to become uh you know, cussing all these domnas out or you know, all these things and the discipline. I mean the this the the life before was so much better because um, yes you get beat up but then you know you had yourself. You had you had a, a brother that you could like, you know, now they beat each other up. They, you
0: know, they, they and don't every have, man for themselves.
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't have each other's back. they, yeah. they don't make their life you know, yeah. together. And they're using the rights they have to get back to the system,
0: you know? Right. So, they're, they're, so you're able to justify uh, a lifestyle <laughs> uh, and, and the activities that they're doing. They're able to kind of justify it by you're not able to do this, so I can do whatever I want to do now. And there's nothing you can do to stop me. And, exactly. And it, breeds, it breeds a lack of trust amongst each other as well. So the kids' relationships are built on this mistrust, and and mistreatment of each other as well. So yeah. Yeah.
1: So when you when people come and hear about these orphans and want to hear, you know, uh, I I ha- I have to be honest mm-hmm. because he's not so sad. Yeah. You know. Yes, he has no family, but he's very bad, <laughs> you know, yeah. like sure. you know, so they're for for all I know, they don't care.
2: And,
1: yeah. Uh, and this is this is the kind of this is the kind of things that we're dealing with right now. I love these kids um, so much that I am willing to discipline them and yeah. to 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 try to make a difference. And also the other thing we're we're, uh, um, we're running the problem we're running running into is these kids are not wanting to show the real identity outside their orphanage.
2: Sure.
1: And so, and that's what's different because different in ge- this generation is because there's so many things out there. There's so many people that they can hang out with. There's so many clothes out there they can wear and become like the other ones that they're, they're willing to lie about who they are you know to be accepted by a kid of his age you know and so now they get to the point of going out whenever they want to whereas before i never used to go out i was scared to go out
2: you know (laughs) yeah and
1: so uh but now they're like out and about now they're making the life a life of themselves so they're running into tons of problems
0: yeah you know and they're, so they're, not, they're not in one communal house anymore. It's not two no more, kids living under the same roof. There's apartments yeah. around town with eight, ten kids in an apartment.
1: Yeah, so that's, that's, what, that's the ethnic thing the, the, that's different, is they, they, they uh, stop this idea of institutions mm. to bring these kids, to transition these kids into more of a family environment, homes, you mm. know, so-called in the states foster homes Mm -hmm. you know um and so but a foster home is i guess when a kid goes to a regular family right right um and that kid gets gets to have a life there and then but this still run this still run by the government so -hmm. the government still hires people still hires um you know nice chef to take care of these kids but there's smaller smaller numbers of kids and there's about 11 apartments that we're trying to we're trying to connect with um on a on a a daily basis and there's still two institutions that we're still working with um and so yeah it's i i think it's a lot more work this Mm -hmm. time around than it's ever been in the past and it's ever been with us with with me the the only work they have to do with me is to help me get get through this traumatized you know uh an emotional status or you know and then put him in putting me into a, a home you know whereas these kids they have no—I mean, majority of them have nobody. But these kids, I think they—they're they're trying to fill their lives uh, with everything else in the world. Sure. In the world, and back then we didn't have many options, you know. And so, it's definitely a different, a different life for them—a yeah. different generation. They actually have more, more chances in this life around than the, you know, than my generation, but they're just, there's some kids that they just don't take it, you know, they, you know, and so this is, this is our, this is where God has us to work through these things with, with the kids. We just had a conversation with a couple of the kids, a counseling, a counseling uh, session with a couple of the kids and the idea of uh, being accepted by the outside world. How do you do that? Right. Well, first you have to accept who you are. Nothing's gonna change, you know. This is who you are, and if you accept who you are, it's gonna be so much easier sure. to go into the world, mm-hmm. you know.
0: I and think a lot if of the kids don't have an identity for themselves, they, they're this piece in a system, but they have no personal identity of who they are or what their character is like or you know, they, they have no individual understanding of themselves. So then to go out into a community, you're just trying to be a part of this system now at a bigger, yeah. bigger scale.
1: Yeah. Or they they get to the point where they blame themselves. This is my fault because I'm in this situation. Right. You know, this is this is what I've done. That's why my parents threw me in the orphanage, mm. because of what I've done. Yeah. You know. But then but then some kids are thinking, what have I done? I can't think of anything bad that I've done to my parents that I deserve this, you know? Sure. So they just like a bunch of things back and forth and you know, yeah. they can't they don't know how to they don't know how to categorize those things in their head, you know. And it just makes things harder when it comes to misbehavior, when it comes to responses, when it comes to responsibilities, because you have a 16 year old now or 17 year old now that is dealing with that kind of stuff mm-hmm. you know and at 17 you, you have responsibilities you know you got school you got studies you got things that you have to work on mm-hmm. you can't just be on your device anymore so you're you know you're you're working things out but yeah. they have no way to think through that big because they have nobody to help them through sure and that's sure. how that's where we come in. We're helping these kids, these older kids to really right. think about uh, these things. And we're making life with them. We, I want to put myself in their shoes uh, because I have been in their shoes. And yeah. I want to help them. I want to help them through them, you know, yeah. uh, through, through it all, you know. Of mm-hmm. course, I'm not going to force things upon them. But most kids that we're working with, they want this help. Yeah. They don't know how to ask. Yeah, but they want this help, you know, and so we're 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 just privileged, and we're so blessed to be part of this, of this, um, of this work with 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 the orphans, you know, and yeah, I don't. Uh, Going back to what you just said earlier, I don't know what would have what would have happened with my life, and it was if it wasn't for my adopted parents, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, and then looking at these kids, if they don't if they don't stretch their arms out to take as much from us, you know, and from and us giving them God they would end up bad because we had a situation of, a situation a few years ago where we had a kid from the orphan same orphanage that I grew up in die of overdose
2: mm. you know nah.
1: because you know and I wanna I wanna say these kids have such such a high potential
0: mm-hmm.
1: into making it
0: absolutely you know
1: -hmm. And now it's the time. Even even during this time of crisis, now is the time to give them Jesus. Now is the 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 most sensitive time that kids or even people, adults, will grab onto Jesus. You know, because it's what they're looking for. They just don't know it. But that's what people. That's what people look for when they look somewhere else. They look for someone for something that's going to fill their lives and you know and uh to make them feel like
0: they're worth something you know yeah and And in these years these are such formative years for a kid they're they're their identity they're forming their understanding of relationships they're forming their uh, their understanding of how to operate in the world and what's good and what's not that that's laying the foundation for who they become as adults and if you have these kids in the orphanage with no discipline uh, no structure uh, all of these sorts of things. They're laying a poor foundation that's going to last. It's going to be very difficult to overcome that as they get older. Yeah. So, yeah. For yeah. Sure. So having, having a ministry like this, I mean, you're, you're pouring into the kids at the most uh, fruitful time of their life. It's going to uh, affect them in, in incredible ways. And, and, I, and I'll say this about you, Costa. you and I have had a chance to minister in many places together. We've traveled to India together and been able to serve there and stuff. And, um, you are a Pied Piper for kids is what I, I tell people. You, you just walk into an area and you're like a magnet. Kids come out of the woodwork and just focus around you. We could be in a group of 10 people and within five minutes of arriving in a place, you have a crowd of kids around. you. I think in India, we call them your army because every, yeah. every village we went into, every place we went, you had Kosti's army, you know, that would follow you around like a Pied Piper and and you would sit there in the dirt i remember just pull out your phone and just flip through pictures with these kids play a game with the kids you would take their pictures you exchanged uh, uh facebook uh, you know info and, and and you know these probably the first time for most of these kids that anyone has given them that much attention even for the few minutes that you were there so um to to know that that you're able to go into these orphanages and sit not just for a one time, five minute, 10 minute, hour long, or a day long, but an ongoing year after year, uh, month after month, day after day basis to pour into these kids, you know, uh, it's, it's something that no one else is doing. <laughs> it's something that, that just isn't present there in that system that will have lasting fruitful effects in all of their lives. And I've seen several of these kids that are now 17, 18, 19 years old. You know, some of these guys that are now my size and, and standing a head taller than you. <laughs> and, and, and to see that oh, yeah. these, these big boys, I mean, these are, these, are, these are intimidating boys, but the respect that they have for you because of the place that you've had in their life. It, it speaks a lot to the ministry that's there. And what these guys are really genuinely looking for is just that acceptance and that relationship. And so, yeah, yeah so it, it, it's a great thing well well let's let's finish with this what What are some of your future plans? What are you looking forward to in the coming months and years uh, there in, in in the ministry
1: yeah i I just had a I had a lunch meeting with a friend of mine yesterday, and we were talking about just the different goals and different values and things like that and um, i I kind of share with him my dreams mm-hmm. that I have for the ministry. But then, along with that, we are continuing our conversation but something just came came into my my mind as we were talking and uh this is what I like to see us move forward um and um just the the kind of future plans that we have for the ministry is this this idea we still we continue with this idea of building building this relationship with these kids and continue our day-to-day uh things to them loving on them and crying with them if we had to um and just just being that 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 arm for them and that that um comfort that they're looking for and but then along with that we're just looking at, at, at just the bigger picture okay um of how how do we best Train these people, the staff, and the government into yes. We have we're coming alongside, but we're like such a small compared to what they could do Mm. if we were to train them right, and also if we were to to have a few of these people become believers. Mm -hmm. What a what a transformation. What a what a better chance of of really making a difference in these kids lives you know and so as we continue this thing i had this this idea of what if we implant or get a couple christians to um get a social social worker job in the government mm. people that we would talk to them initial initially and encourage them and it's not just about the money as a believer it's it's not when you have a job it's not about the money but it's about you being yourself and making a difference and making taking Jesus even farther even at your workplace you know what if we talk to some of these young people that are Christians and things like that and get them to work for the government and put them putting them into that position of ministering to these people that are working to make life better for the kids you know but bringing some with them they're bringing some kind of training sessions into uh training these people into making this work even better at it you know and also working with the staff Uh, at the orphanage with these 74 people working alongside them, taking them them out for for coffee, for an ice cream, away from the kids and really ministering to them. Because the other day we, we were at this apartment and one of our teammates asked this lady, what if I take you for a coffee one time? Now... Like you said earlier, nobody nobody else is doing this for these kids. when well, nobody else has asked any staff if they could be taken out for a coffee. To right. them, it's, it's to them it's like it blows you mean you, you mean
0: you'll watch over the kids and I go after a coffee with you? You know. But it's almost a, it's a thankless job that they're doing. So yeah, not only are the kids put away and forgotten, the people taking care of the kids are forgotten and and, and almost the outskirts of- but, the-
1: these people, but these people are doing it for the money, okay? Mm-hmm. And we want to bring that, turn that around. Okay, mm-hmm. you are getting money out of it, mm-hmm. but we need your heart into it. These kids will only work with you if you're genuine and sincere in your relationship with them for them to come to respect you they have to see love out of you and how do you do that and we want to come alongside you and help you and we want you to put your heart into what you're doing and not necessarily converting them to to god That is that is his job okay my job is to be to be that christian that example and doing what the gospel, what the Bible says and being that Christian and loving them mm-hmm. and sharing with them about the life of, life of Christ. But if I, were to, if I were to do something now, I would train them and I would, I would ask them, okay, what is your heart telling? Are you wanting to be here? <laughs> you know,
2: right, right.
1: Because this is, this is your problem. This is why you're not getting into these kids' lives because That's of you. You know, and I want and through this, they're going to see it and they're going to, okay. how do I do that? Mm -hmm. You know, and that's where that's when you see the sincere heart of Mm -hmm. wanting to do their job. And that's that's the biggest problem in in the whole system Mm -hmm. Um, in the whole system, even in, in America, when you think of it, these people don't put their heart at what they do. It's a paycheck, not a It's a paycheck, not. And when you work with the kids, it's not the paycheck, okay? It's not about the paycheck. It's about the child, Mm -hmm. you know? You're looking at, it's as if you're looking at your own child, okay? Mm -hmm. What what would happen if your child was in that situation? You're going to give them the attention that they need. And so act like this is your child. So our goal is to really come up with ways to minister to these people, to the staff Mm -hmm. and to really come alongside the government because I cannot change the system on my own. I wish I can, but what I can't, what I can do, what I could do is coming alongside them, having regular meetings with these people Mm -hmm. and really share our hearts out really share the idea of the child okay this child will lose his life if we don't do something about it Mm -hmm. okay and then bring in let's 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 treat this kid like it was your kid you know and so how do you do that well let's work together and so we want to come up with uh, that 's my goal for the year okay I, the yeah. dreams was the dreams was like two apartments uh, one van, and more people to work with okay i 'm still needing the people mm-hmm. but my dreams my, my dreams change i want more I want to work with the people in the field and i want I want to make this work. So that we could better do our job, you know. Sure. Um, and so instead of bringing
0: all these outside people <laughs> in and trying to insert them in the system, you've already got people in the system that you can work with to train them up and equip them to do their job.
1: Yeah, because they're. Ne- I'll tell you. I'll tell you this: they're never going to leave because they actually pay, get paid really well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. How do we work out for our benefit, for our purpose being in there? In this working with them, sure. you work with them directly.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know because they're they're always going to be the twenty four seven people there, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. we need to love them. Yeah. We need to ask them how are they doing. We need to train them. We need to help them to put their heart
0: at work. <laughs> yeah. You know, and well, that's stuff. good. And that's good stuff. So anyway, that's, anyways, that's yeah.
1: my that's my goal.
0: that's awesome awesome. so as as we wrap up here what is it that you would say to that person living in the state or living somewhere else how how is it that they can be interested that they can uh get behind what's going on that they can stay on top of what's going on what 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 would you say to that person that's hearing this and saying you know what that sounds awesome what do i do
1: Yeah, I mean, we we're we're probably never gonna run away from receiving teams. I think a key to having people loving on our kids it goes a long way because I was one of those kids that was loved by a team, Mm -hmm. and so this will never run away from. We will never change that. So we would definitely um, uh, ask people to pray as they hear this if they would like to come on a short short term team to pray and um you know get get hold of us and ask how how do i best do that and when's the best way when's the best time to come and um yeah we definitely uh could get uh are more than welcome to for people to come we're we're always looking for people to to help our ministry you know uh, ministries are always <laughs> have always ex- have expenses as you know mike and so let's get can you hear me yes yeah. yeah okay so we always we always look for people to help our ministry and so um i know uh, you've
0: talked about bringing us definitely uh, you know, bring a social worker on staff with the ministry to help and, and having those consistent people, because we talked about the consistency of relationships. So you have to have people that are dedicated to this ministry, which means they're, they're not able to go and pursue their finances elsewhere. So yeah, support is always a... Yeah, so
1: <clears throat> <clears throat> yeah, we definitely, we're definitely looking for Volunteers, but also for full time workers. Full time mm-hmm. workers, which means that we, uh, we, we pay them, so they, they're, um, they get to do life with us on a on a more permanent, you know, permanent ways. And uh, we're always looking for people, and we're always looking for locals, um, mm-hmm. for people that know the language. Uh, for people and also for people that have the heart and so uh, for the specific work and so to be able to find those people we would have to offer them we would have to pay them and so um, yeah we're always looking for people to help us through through all of that when it comes to finances Mm -hmm. and so we do have a flyer out so um, we're, we're you know we're willing to send that flyer out to whoever Whoever's interested, and you get more information on that. And uh, the other, the the most important thing that we would love for people for our ministry is to pray, um, mm-hmm. because it's a key to. If we don't pray, things don't get done. Um, because we think we could do it on our strength, where we we're lying to ourselves. We cannot. Mm-hmm. And I I I say that. Um, because I've gone through it. I've only, you know, there's always, there's, there's been times where I've tried things on my own or through my own strength, but it's never, it's oh, never, <laughs> yeah, it's never happened. Yep. I'm always like frustrated. It's yeah. not happening. Yeah, and
0: yeah, so it doesn't biggest, work out well. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And our biggest, our biggest, our biggest, um, I think our calling as a Christian, you know, I, as a as a person in Christ, this is a key to even our walk is to yeah. pray, and so but we would love the, for
0: people. the, the first thing that we should do. Is we should always be praying about it and seeing if the Lord's knit us there, and then and then if we if we yeah. simply pray for a ministry, there's no way we're going to do the ministry.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we'd love for people. We'd love for people to to pray for the ministry, and pray for us here, the workers. Um, because it is, it, it, I want to say is the best, it's the best work that you could ever been mm. in, but it's also the hardest work because mm. it's, it's heartbreaking when you look at the different situation we're in. And the other, the other work that we do, we work with orphanages. That's another story. That's another, I want to say another, uh. uh what's what's the word that i'm looking uh another personality of work <laughs> <Because> <laughs> now you're working with kids that are in families and you're working with the you're working with these families trying to keep the families together prevent. Mm-hmm. Prevent the kids from ending up into the system. And so that's the other thing that we do. So that's at a later time. But pray for pray for more workers and pray for us here because it is a hard job. Um, and it's it's hard to work with, even with staff that don't want to be worked on. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard to work with kids that don't want to be talked to, don't want to be disciplined, don't want to be hugged, don't want to be... You know, and things like that, and so, and then pray for it. Pray the, pray for the field, for the, for the, for the kids in the field, and for the staff, and for the, for Romania as a whole, because it's not just Bucharest that's dealing with this, with the system. It's everywhere. Yeah. And so, overall, um, pray for, pray for the orphans. Um, and so, yeah, if God calls you to. Uh, call you to Romania. Please get hold of us if God, if God puts on your heart to help us, get hold of us and
0: do pray. So, well, with that said, how does someone get a hold of you? Is there is there a website they can go to, email? What, what's the best way to get more information or even contact you directly?
1: Yeah, so the best way is uh, keen refuge ministries at gmail.com. That's our ministry email. So once again, Ministries at gmail.com. That's the best way. I'll
0: have a link for that on our website at mathatai.org site. So if you want to go there, you can hear this interview there. And then we'll put all of these links to you guys on the site there as well. So people can have it there.
1: And we do send out a a monthly newsletter. We just sent out actually our first June uh, in a while newsletter. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just shoot us an email and we could add you on our main list list, um, and we can send that out on a monthly basis. And then we're on Facebook, Refuge Center Romania. We do weekly updates. We're on um, Instagram, Refuge Center Romania once again uh so i do weekly updates on that on refuge center we take turns but on instagram i do it myself because i have my phone i have my phone everywhere yeah. um and so we're um we're also Keenan. Uh, the difference between there's no difference between keenan refuge ministries and refuge center romania it's aka also known uh we have established a ministry in America also, so people, if people are wanting to donate, they could get tax deductible statement back. And so, and we could get all that info to you if you're if you're wanting to donate uh, or get more information. So Refuge Central Romania, Facebook group, Instagram, Refuge Central Romania also. Email kinarefugeministries.com. And uh, also you could... Uh, Message me directly on Costinel Keenan on Facebook. Uh, I'm also available there. And so, or you could ask Mike, my friend, my brother, Mike <laughs> yes, Blunder, for all my sure. information.
0: <laughs> We're happy to connect anybody. We'll, we'll put every link that we can find and every link that we can make for uh, emails and websites and giving and all that stuff uh, on our website as well. So people can certainly get in touch with you and connect with you. So. Uh, well, yeah. hopefully yeah. the next time we speak, it will be face to face. Oh, I would love uh, that. Yes, and, and uh, perhaps if if we uh, are able to, we can bring some uh, some other folks along with us and get to introduce them to the orphanages and and the ministry there and and what's going on. So, well, thank you for your time today for giving up uh, what is your evening there in Romania, and uh, uh, thank your family for us as well, and. um, uh, we look forward to uh, the updates coming soon and we'll uh, uh, we 'll definitely see uh, you know some of these young men growing up and, and where God plants them that 's the most exciting thing on my end. I love seeing these guys as they're coming out of the system and uh, the fruit that you 've invested early on, what God does with it down the line. so uh, actually just to uh,
1: just really quick, we have one guy named Gabi that just left the orphanage transitioned out. And he's living in our in our. Um, we have another house that we're we're continuing our rent. Our old house mm-hmm. that uh, we used to live before we came back to this ministry house. He's living now in a transitional uh, from the uh, as a transitional uh, process from the orphanage, and so and then we've been we ministering to this, um, to this kid. He's mm-hmm. now 21 years old. And he's at a verge of making that, uh, uh, he's on a good track. Let me put it that way, you know? And so, and this will be, this is, this will be a, um, you know, that word, that, that term, you know, if one kid comes to the Lord, yeah. even the angels in the heavens will rejoice. Okay. One kid out of hundreds. Okay. Even the angels will rejoice. So, uh, yes, and I know I, he's you, not the
0: only one. I know there's <laughs> a, there's other young men closer to his age as well, uh, all the way down to the younger kids. So there's not just yeah. one that drew this being affected. There's hundreds. So right, right,
2: yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for being with Toasty. <laughs> we we'll look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Mike. All right. God bless you guys. God bless you. Take care.